Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Here we go, And we're back, baby! Take three. How much do we roast the Steelers? A lot. Are we sick of roasting them? A lot. How many yards are we going to get? A lot. Can we get a snow? Yeah. Lloyd, listen, listen. Before you make your decision, I'd like to just hear me out. Because I've been trying for a couple of years. And including right before this about five seconds ago. Mm-hmm. So I like I I really think that a Snell yeah would take this podcast to the next level. Snell, I re- Snell no, Lloyd. Like S- I said, just S- hear S- me S- out. No 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 Snell yo. No 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 yell. Yes, yes. No, you're almost there. It's no. Snell no. Snell no. Snell yes. Anyway. Welcome back to Fuck You, We We Like like the Bengals. I'm your host, Alex Schubert. Sitting across from me, as always, is... Lloyd Johnson. Lloyd, how was your week? Uh, It was a week. (laughs) Nothing nothing special. Nothing uh, special? You getting ready for for Breezy's show tonight? Yep. Dude, how psyched is she? Pretty hyped. I know, dude. So, like, what... um, And Lily will be here Monday, too. Oh, that'll be super fun. Uh, How long is she going to be here? Uh, just like throughout the week, through the week. Oh, nice. Uh, she can come on the podcast, talk with Rude Boy. Yeah. Um, give us burns and be mean to me. Oh, uh, yeah. Per you. Yeah. That's what she does. Yeah. If you're good at something. If you're good at something, she'll roast you? No, I'm saying if you're good. That's what she's good at, is being mean to people. And Oh, okay. Because I was saying, like, if, she's, if she roasts people that are good at things, then why the fuck does she roast Cody Hucker? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's afraid he might touch her? <laughs> Nah. To, she's just trying to burn off the germs. <laughs> nah. Um, so, but do, so Breezy is doing our friend, friend of the pod who was on last week, Breezy Lee, is doing uh, just comedy show chameleon tonight. Yeah. You know how much time she's doing? Um, I do not. Oh, okay. It's gonna be. I'm trying to think of the. Oh, I literally I have, she, she's doing the headline, and I think she's like kind of hosting throughout and then headlining the end. Okay. So probably like half an hour or something, I guess. Oh, that's fun. Because I think like I kind of suggested this in the group chat where everyone that we know will do seven to ten. Okay. Basically, because like a lot of ten minute sets in a row, especially from nine comics, including CC Laird, Jonathan Caldwell, Luke Young, Tara Kay, Jeremy Johnston, John Holmes, Allison Stapp, Chris Seamer, Gretchen Schultz, and you bitch. And a special guest. Ooh. Any spoilers? 
Anna Massa. Oh, okay. Oh, friend of the pod. Yeah. But no, it'll be fun. I think, like I said, she's been promoting the shit out of it. She's super excited. I hope she. I hope she brings like the Skyline crew and. Yeah, I think I think all her all her work people. I think a bunch of them are coming. Nice. Uh, some of my work buddies are coming. I know uh, I'll be there. Yeah. Some, <laughs> I think my uh, podcast boys will be there. Cody and Luke. Well, I mean, it took Luke's on the show, so probably. Yeah. He'll, well, he'll, I would he'll assume. Probably be there. Yeah, I would assume Cody. Yeah, and Cody just called beforehand, so. Yeah. Yeah. Should uh, should be fun. It'll be fun, dude. Uh, it'll be fun to see because Breezy's been doing stand up in the area for a bit. Hasn't yeah, it's she? been on and off for like a decade. Yeah, that fucking rules. Yeah, she's. I think she started when she was like in her early twenties. Yeah, dude. And then did it, and then you know, as different shits happened, she's had to like put it off, and you know, like starting back to school and all that shit. Yeah. Is, you know, but uh, yeah, she's she's been doing it for a while. Yeah, because like I always say, like comedy is <clears throat> like it's great, it's the best thing in the world, but we're people first. Yeah, yeah. So if shit gets in the way. That's fine. Like if life happens, I'm not going to be like you. Sh- you committed to comedy. This isn't. This isn't a commitment to anybody. Yeah. No. 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 And like I said, she's also. She also likes just being a writer as much as anything. Yeah. So I know for at least some of that time, she just spent time like writing different stuff to, trying to you know flex that muscle a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's pretty cool that someone just has all those artistic interests and just you know she bakes. She. I mean, like, legit makes, like, really, really fucking dope. You remember that birthday cake? Oh, yeah. I had some. <clears throat> so, yeah, she has just, you know, a million different artistic interests and kind of just dips her toes into each one as she likes. You know, always just seems like she's happy Yeah, being expressive and doing shit. So that fucking rules. Cool. Happy for her, and I'm happy she gets to close out a show Chameleon. Thankfully, I get to be a part of it. It's going to be fucking awesome. It's not the only show I've been a part of uh, of late because uh, last uh, weekend uh, going into the or er, going into the Panthers game, I was in Chicago. Chicago. I uh, got to do a spot at the Laugh Factory, and woof. Didn't go well. So here's what happened, and it's not anyone's fault. Like the whole show was tough because I got <coughs> I got the. Uh, Wow, we're both crazy here. <coughs> oh, that'll do it. Bubbly water. Need a break? No, I'm good. All right. Uh, so I got the uh, <coughs> 11:30 show at the Laugh Factory, which you know yeah, how well comedy functions late at night. Yeah. Which is. Yeah, I mean, depending on the length of the show, yeah. But if you're going into 11:30 spot, that's always a uh, usually pretty deep in. Try a little bit after midnight. Oh, yeah. Because that's when the show started. Yeah. And because I was outside the Laugh Factory, and, like I just kind of peered around like the lines outside the door. And I'm like, or like the lines around the block. And I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. And I was at the nine. I was I got like a peak of the 930 show and people were fucking murdering left and right. So I was super stoked about that. And I'm like, maybe this will carry into the 1130 show. I forgot that when eleven thirty hits, people are fucking tired. They're they're like they're not fun drunk anymore. They're just like drunk and just also like kind of tired. And they just happen to be in a comedy show. Yeah, they're either sleepy or belligerent by that point. <laughs> yep. And I went second on the show. Like I went immediately after the host, and I got laughs. But I, I like every single joke I told has done better. <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, Tell calls those worn down laughs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, rub down last something. I remember him saying something along like because he always does like those crazy late spots. 
Yeah, at the New cellar. York, or when he goes to uh, L.A., when he goes and does, like, uh, the late-night shows with, like, Don Barris and all those guys. That, yep. But, yeah, he's like, he said that's one of the things he's always found, like, the hardest to do, so he kind of likes doing it. Yeah, because it fucking makes you work as a comic. And yeah. It makes you, like, really just, like... And, like, when I went second, when you go second on a rough show... And first of all, this is no shot at the Laugh Factory. No, no, no. The guy that books it, Curtis, is supportive as shit of the scene. Like, and I swear I'm not just saying that. Like, the dude's awesome. No, everyone I know that's ever dealt with him has, like, I've heard good things about him. Like, yeah. I mean, you know how long I've been around comics. and Longer like, than I have. So you learn, like, you know, over time, like, different places, different bookers, whatever. Everyone always says nice things about that guy. Yeah, so. he's fucking awesome. And... Gave me a spot. I'm very, very grateful for it. I hope to do it again. Fuck yeah. Uh, hopefully on a better spot. Hopefully maybe as a resident. Spoiler. Um, Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, dude, it was awesome. And I, I literally, uh, I did uh, I did this uh, this late night mic. It was on a Saturday. It was at a place called Reggie's. They literally bought like, there were probably 30 people in the room. They bought like five, six, or seven large jets pizzas nice it was fucking awesome and it was like the crowd was like not a typical comedy crowd they were like they were into the show but they're not into the show the way that like a go banana sees all the time like they're just like hooting and hollering and interacting with the comics and i got some time i i gave myself time to adjust to that yeah and i knew like i knew i was going to do crowd work and I do, I like to think I do okay at crowd work. Yeah, I was going to do well. Yeah. It's, well, thank you. And it's uh, it's fun. <clears throat> and I, I knew, like, if I go in and have fun with it, because, like, as comics, we're just like, we want to go up and we want to do our material, but sometimes it's not going to be the case. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you're going to go up and fuck around and have fun. And it is what you make of it. And I knew, like, I treated it as crowd work practice. Yeah, that's an expression, read the room. Yeah, exactly. So, and you just go up there and do material, you're going to, like literally change the dynamic of the room and it's going to be like a sudden change from a crowd work guy where the crowd's into it <coughs> and the crowd's into it with a with a guy that's doing crowd work and all of a sudden a guy does material it's going to throw off the room a little bit yeah, so yeah. so i tried to do a combination of like doing jokes and doing like a little bit of just like fucking with the audience a little bit yeah that's i think that's a, what a comics job kind of is is yeah. when when you're in especially like mics because they're like you said they're not at like a club they're not at like a comedy club where it's people went to go see comedy specifically yeah they're at an open mic so yeah sometimes because a lot of times when you're at an open mic some a lot of like patrons at an open mic just ended up at the open mic yeah yeah so and i was there i had a lot of fun and then literally sunday and monday combined i did eight sets nice literally four sets a night and it was awesome just going around and I got to do VA Bennett's show, and that was oh, yeah, really was fun. Like, and how's my how's my baby doing? He's doing well. Fuck yeah, baby boy's doing well. Might have to go visit him sometime. Yeah, dude, Chicago I miss is that kid. Chicago's fucking awesome, dude, and I'm very excited about how everything went. So I got to hang. Uh, I got to go to a bar. Oh, I, I forgot to tell this story. I went to uh, Woody's Flat in Chicago, which is a Bengals bar, which is where I watched the game. We'll get to that here in a couple minutes, and um. They're going around and selling raffle tickets. Nice. For like just random goodie bags and shit. And I'm like, you know what? I'll throw 20 bucks in. Just get a few raffle tickets. My ticket was the first ticket pulled. Nice. I won a cooler and just a, just full of shit. Like, like t-shirts, 
a gift card for when I go back. It was and just like necklaces and all that shit. It was yeah. awesome. I got it in my car because oh, I haven't taken awesome. it out yet. But you gotta bring some of the necklaces and shit up. We'll wear them on a pod. Oh yeah. And you know what? You know what we? Uh, you know actually. Uh, so like I said, I got to watch that game at Woody's flat. Lloyd, how did that game go? Um, it looks like someone turned Joe Mixon into a fucking superhero. I know. Would you like to talk about it? Yeah, let's go. What the fuck happened last week? The Bengals pulled it off. When I pulled it off, stomped it in. I know. 35 to nothing at ha- or was it 35 or 42 to nothing at halftime? 35. Which is unbelievable. They yeah. just kept running up the score. I'm like, is this really happening? Yeah, yeah. It looked like uh, like you knew at some point they were going to have to pull Burrow. Like, no, come on now. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even – I mean, Burrow – it was one of those wins where just Burrow – you don't even realize the game Burrow had because Mixon – we're not even going to do a bit of like, ah, cut Mixon after a superstar game. He was like record-setting that day. Yeah, it was – I mean, it was absurd. You saw him like – I don't know what got into him and the right side of that offensive line, but maybe it was just a you know a good matchup for him or whatever. But he uh, he came in with a, a big old chip on his shoulders and he he drug his dick all the way across the field. Oh man, he just took Brian Burns down, just sat him on the ground, drug his nuts across his face. Yeah, it was uh, I, fucking crazy impressive. I know. And let's you want to you want to read off those stats, Lloyd? Uh, yeah, Burrow was 22 for 28, 206 yards, one TD, which was a, a pass to Mixon, uh, four rushes for nine yards, and one TD that was just pretty. Yeah, but more importantly, Lloyd, read that line below. Joe Mixon, 22 rushes. 22 rushes. 153 yards. 53 yards, pretty good day. Yeah, four touchdowns. No, fifty like fifty three yards is a pretty good day. One hundred and fifty three yards. Fifty three, right? Yeah, one hundred and fifty three. That's unbelievable. That's a one hundred and fifty three. That's a one of five of three. No fucking shit. Yeah, it's fucking absurd, especially yeah. for when and where. Like it seemed like every time, like I think most of the third downs in the whole game, they just hand the ball to Mix and he's like, "All right, fuck it, let's go." Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was the running game you always want to see out of. Like if they can run like that, they can beat anybody. Yep, it's exa- it's exactly what Burrow said. Oh, I, I mean, if that, also to be fair, if anyone runs like that, they can beat anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, and then he, uh, yeah, four uh, four receptions, fifty eight yards, and a toddy, and a touchdown. I think so. it was that first reception. Was it was that was like a check down to Mixon where he just ran it like thirty some yards, right? Uh, yeah, the first one. Yeah, and I think that's really what kind of set the tone for the game. Was just. Well, I mean, Mixon already been doing pretty well. Like Burrow threw a couple out routes to Higgins, one to Boyd. I think Hurst had one in there. Yeah, but Hurst had a beautiful one. Oh yeah, dude. He again, fucking re sign that guy. Yeah, the fucking hand strength on that dude. Like if you see that catch, he literally has it as someone's like putting their hand on it, trying to pull it away, and it's basically his right hand has a hold of it so tight that they they didn't move. Yeah, and then he clamped his left on and pulled it in, and I was like, God damn. Yeah, this is what the Ravens and. <clears throat> The Falcons missed out on. Yeah, it's well, it, I mean, I think it's what they saw and just didn't use. Yeah, it's like because the Bengals. One thing they haven't done in the past is utilize their tight ends. No, not I mean, not since uh, Glass Kyle. Yeah, I mean, they had one year of Glass Kyle, and then but he just kept getting hurt. Yeah, w- hence the name Glass Kyle. Yeah, 
But they, they keep utilizing Hurst, and they're going to re-sign him. Oh, there's no doubt. He One, he's so happy here. Yeah. Every fucking post he's, I see from him, anything. His, I'm this happy is, here. Yeah, this place is great. Everyone's super supportive. Everything's yep. real cool. I'm finally getting to play the way I want to, blah, blah, blah. Like, And for a team that's like, it, considering the history, I say this hesitantly. But considering the star power they have, they might become a bigger market team. Is that crazy to say? Uh, right now, they're ranked 10th most popular team in the U.S. And not just like NFL team, like sports team. Yeah. Which and is, I mean, unbelievable. Joe Cool. Like, everybody fucking loves Joey B. Joey B. Everyone loves him. And <laughs> it's, well, a lot of people still think that he's um, a product of it product of his receiver core yeah but i mean that's do you take away from peyton manning just because he had marvin harrison and reggie wayne well not only that but he also had like one of the best lines in football almost every year he played to the point that his center was pulled off of the couch and named the colts coach yeah which uh, is unbelievable um who else did he have on that line i forget well, yeah, Dallas Clark on the at tight end. But, I mean, just if you go, like, his line and what it ranked most of the years he played, almost everyone's in top five. Almost every single line, offensive line, is ranked within, like, the top five. And Peyton Manning is, like, to me, he's known as, like, one of the smartest quarterbacks of all time. <coughs> and, of course, you can be the smartest quarterback of all time when you have more time to think. Yeah, I think they said there was one season where he averaged almost seven seconds in the pocket. That's nuts. It's eternity yeah. as far as a – like, you'll see, like, who was it that had, like, a shit ton of time to think? It might have been Rodgers or something like that. Um, It was very recent. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Uh, uh, fuck. Uh, I know, the, like, Dak's second year or whatever, he was near the top of people. With well, money. yeah, because, uh, like, the Cowboys especially, like, fuck the Cowboys. They're fu- they think they're football royalty when they're not. We're America's team. No, you're Texas's team. The Dallas Cowboys are America's team in the worst possible connotation. Yeah. The parts of America you want to fly over. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason that there's a whole other city right next to you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, my God, those fucking hick motherfuckers. Let's go to Fort Worth. <laughs> For real. I've been through Dallas, Fort Worth. It seemed like a decent, decent city. Yeah. Seemed cool, but yeah. Uh, a lot of the rest of Texas, like I've never been to Austin, but I've been to a lot of other places. It's awful. It's have you been through Houston? Uh, just the airport. Okay. Uh, well, no, I went out. Yeah, we went like to eat while waiting on a connecting flight. But okay. Uh, I've been to Lubbock, Texas. That does not sound good. <laughs> I, I assure. I'm, this is not a joke. I'd rather you break every finger on my hand than me have to go back there. <laughs> I hated every minute of it. <laughs> what what'd you do there? Uh, so this is when I was putting up cell phone towers. Oh, okay. They have cell phones? Yeah. <laughs> they can't spell it, but they have them. What do you mean it's not an S? There's two things I don't trust without wires, and that's cell phones and marionettes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lubbock, Texas. That just sounds rough. Oh, it's... Dude, I... I've ever told you that story when I just left the diner? Uh, no. All right, so we're there, and 
my boss goes, or not my boss, but the supervisor for that job was, uh, he goes into the the diner and I went over to, uh, there was like a comic book game shop, whatever, right by it. And I just went to check that out for a minute just to see if they had any of the stuff that like I knew my brother would want. <clears throat> okay. Uh, cause they had like a bunch of Hulk figurines and shit in the window and I was trying to see if there were any of like the more rare ones that I could pick up as a, like a Christmas gift or whatever. Okay. And uh, so I finally, I walked back over to the diner, and I walk in, and it's so fucking Texas. <laughs> oh, like, just like, it's like if you put a Texas appreciation store in fucking, I don't know. Jersey. <laughs> exactly. It's like, this is Texas. No, I mean, when you walked it, it looked like somebody made a cartoonish setup of a Texas diner. Like everyone in there is plaid shirts and you know plaid button up and fucking cowboy hat and tight jeans with a big belt buckle and uh, so I go sit down at the table and there's a menu sitting across from Gary that was the guy and it was just pictures, pretty much just pictures. Because they can't fucking read. I guess I don't. <laughs> it was a bummer. I looked at it like what the fuck like. And then the waitress came over, and she was so upsettingly, grossly Texas that I just I couldn't I, I didn't even get food. I think you might have told this story before. <clears throat> yeah, I, it's it was upsetting. It was one of the worst places. <laughs> I, like, like I said, just the <clears throat> the you know look like a fucking catcher's mitt, like skin complexion, Ugh. bleach blonde hair with a giant poof ball up front. Your only nickname is Honey. Yeah, she literally walked up like, and uh. What do you want, baby? Yeah, but she, you know, jeans that look like if she farted, you just see a bubble go down to the look. <laughs> <clears throat> like just you know, it took her and two other people to get her into them. <laughs> Giant belt buckle, fucking the whole, uh, the whole not everything. And then she walks up and had that like overly affected Southern accent, like "Welcome to ba ba ba, honey." And I'm like, and I said something like, "Oh, it looks like they started bringing his food." I was like, "God damn, you got a lot." And he was like. Or she was like, well, everything's bigger in text. And I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I fucking leave. I'm not. like, I, I, I literally just I just got up and walked out inside the van. Like, I, fuck it, I'll stop at Hardee's and get some biscuits. I, I'm it's not. like if you got a, uh, it's like if you put a Texas restaurant in Nashville. Uh, no, it's more like if you casted a, a Texas diner from Spirit Halloween. <laughs> it was, it was. It was upsettingly Texas. There's the sirens. The North, the North Side Sirens. Once an episode. I love it. Yeah. 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 Texas is uh, awful. Awesome. We got off on a weird. <laughs> Lubbock, Texas. I'll say this, and we'll get back to it. Lubbock, Texas, seems like the kind of city where the biggest event every week is the high school football game. It's like they all gather. This is like I'm gonna guess it's middle school because I don't think a lot of them make it that far. <laughs> Very true. Just a but, guess. But let's talk about some of the people that did make it to the NFL, starting with our receiver core. Again, didn't they they did their thing. They kind of got us to the point where Joe Mixon could score. So let's go over some of those stats. Starting with T. Higgins, he had seven receptions for sixty yards. Tyler Boyd, five receptions, forty four yards. Haiti Hurst. I'll never call him that again. Yep. Five receptions. Didn't, 30. didn't like it. <laughs> Hayden Hurst, five receptions, <laughs> thirty five yards. Uh, a couple of the guys had receptions, but Trent Taylor, of course, had two receptions for 14, 14 yards. Solid game. They just like, okay, so this was a game where it's like, normally the Bengals offense is like, Mixon does the, the, just the short work. 
and then the receiver core gets the glamour. This game, it was the opposite. Yeah, it definitely flipped. Like you saw, like even the receivers though, you could see were excited for Mexico. Like yeah, like you could see everybody like rushing to the when he made a touchdown. Whatever, all of them rush over to do snow angels and yeah. shit. Yeah, everybody seemed real excited for him. Like all right, man, you've been fucking you know stifled a lot of this year. Blah blah blah. You've been trying to make a game like this, and everyone seemed genuinely happy that it was having like. I'm really cut like to Taylor on the fucking sidelines on like the third touchdown, and he's just like looking at Mix and he's just like, like waving his fist like fuck yeah like he had the game of his life yeah it and was beautiful and a lot of people I mean a lot of people are like do you think you take it with a grain of salt because it's the Carolina Panthers you got fucking PJ Walker mm-hmm. and I don't care it's <clears throat> still that's a, a whole team full of people that can murder us with their hands yes. So yeah, they're still they're, NFL they're, bodies. Yeah, they might not be the best, like put together team or what. It's still an NFL team. Yeah, it's still like, their third stringers can beat most college teams. Yeah, in the, in a blowout. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, what, yeah, just because the team's not doing well doesn't mean they're not good. Yeah, it's a team that like. Even if they are a rebuilding team, they still dedicate their lives to being the best they can be at football. Yeah, it's 53 fucking freak athletes Yeah, that have made it to the pinnacle of their profession. Yeah, and are still kicking <clears throat> ass and are good enough to make an NFL roster <clears throat> and, and be on the field in front of audiences of millions on a weekly basis. Yeah, I remember Tony Dungy said something like, yeah, this team might, might it might not be doing great, but if you took half of this team and put them on a different team, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Like, if you took yeah. half of this team and put them on, you know, the Cowboys or what, you would not notice a, a, a significant drop in it. It's just teams that don't always work well together or are poorly coached or yeah. just don't don't gel for whatever reason. Like you know, The difference between the best fucking – center in football and the worst center in football isn't a huge difference yeah it's little bits yeah so yeah, i like, always hate when people are like oh well that team sucks yeah they're not doing everything they're not doing everything they're the not they great compared to the bills or the chiefs or something yeah, like that but that's teams that work well together or well coached they got you know they just have what it what it takes for to work together yeah because I don't care how good all the players are, if you can't figure out how to work together and make a, a cohesive group, yep, you're not going to do well. Exactly. There's like, like sometimes like a like a good like a bad coach can really fuck up like a good thing. Like the Broncos, for example. I've talked ad nauseum about how much I think Russell Wilson has regressed over the last two years. Yeah, yeah. But I don't entirely think it's his fault. And because a lot of people are like Nathaniel Hackett, first year coach, I don't think he's ready for the job. I don't think he's ready to handle Russell Wilson and and his, like his receiver core, which is admittedly a good receiver core that could be elevated by Russell Wilson if it's a good system and it fits them. I mean, again, you're also talking about a coach who's known for kind of being meek. Yeah, you can't be super meek in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know that that works. Because like when you're in in the NFL, you're mm. handling fifty three. Millionaires. At least half millionaires. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking at the very least. I think the fucking practice squad, first run practice squad makes 870000 a year or some shit. It's fucking nuts. But, yeah, you're hand, you're like, you got to know how to do it and you have to be ready. It's why a lot of college coaches 
don't translate to the roast because like when you're a college coach, you know in the back of your mind that go ahead and pour your shot. Um, but a lot of college coaches like they can handle eighteen to twenty one year olds because all they're focused on is trying to make it to the next level. Yeah. So they'll do anything. When you have fifty three men who have made it to that next level. Not not just the next level, the pinnacle. Yeah. The highest you can go. Not like the CFL or the XFL or fan controlled football. The NFL. One of, outside of Premier League soccer, the biggest <clears throat> sports league in the world. <clears throat> it's the richest. It's one of the richest sports leagues in the world. It's one of the biggest. It's like, did you see <clears throat> um, footage of the NFL game in Germany this weekend? Yeah, I saw a little bit. It was fucking awesome, dude. German fans seem like they are fucking dope. <laughs> they are all. Did you see the video of them singing Country Roads? Yeah, it was awesome. Did you see like the, all those motherfuckers were holding like pitchers of beer? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, Dude, I'll go like I'll go watch a game in Germany right the fuck now. Yeah, for real. I'm, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's fucking sign me up. They I'm, love their football over there. Yeah, they're uh that's a wild group of people, man. I know. And they were pretty. They were pretty fucking people. I know. I was like, God damn, like they're like going through the crowd and I'm like, What is it? This looks like a fucking weird Abercrombie convention or something. Like, yeah. It looked like a whole bunch of like ex models. <laughs> Well, I mean, of course they're going to put the prettiest people on TV. Yeah, I just I, it, there was a lot of them. I guess is what I was saying. Yeah, they're going to put either the prettiest people or the people with the biggest beers. Yeah, which was everybody. <laughs> Even fucking the supermodels, like, all right, oh my god, this is my fifty ounce beer. Yeah, you see like some five two German chick just housing a pitcher of beer, <laughs> and you're like, all right, man, that's probably a, a rowdy fun time. It's like, oh my god, give me my next one. Oh my god. Oh, dude, I'm dude. I'm a fan of what happened in Germany. Yeah, yeah, for real. I mean, that's a weird sentence to say. I'm a fan of what happened in Germany. Yeah, I was gonna say there's not many times in history you get to say that sentence. Yeah, but right now is one. So yeah, enjoy it while it's there. Also, Brady two and zero since he's single. I know. I saw that. He doesn't have Giselle weighing him down. She's uh, apparently rumored to be with a like. Because what happened with the the divorce is like anytime Giselle is with a man. They're like, is this the one? No, he's just a jujitsu instructor who's just teaching my kids. Yeah, yeah. So, but let's get back to the Bengals, shall yeah, we? Let's do it. Um, so, uh, one thing I have on the slideshow is we made PJ Walker look real fucking human. Yeah, yeah. And then Baker Mayfield came in. Admittedly, it was garbage time, and he looked like Baker Mayfield against the Bengals. Yeah. And they started PJ Walker the next week. Yeah, I mean. Baker Baker's so inconsistent. I know that I think that's I think that's their their like thought process on that. Like PJ might not be the best, but at least he's consistent in what he does. Yeah, which is fine. <clears throat> but and PJ, I mean, like PJ was the quarterback who like he was good in college. He went to the XFL and was like a star in the XFL. Yeah, he was the. MVP. Uh, MVP of the league, yeah. But, I mean, that doesn't mean you're going to be a top-tier NFL quarterback. It's like, because when you get a quarterback from the XFL, it's also kind of a clear sign that you are, in fact, rebuilding. Yeah, I mean, that, that, it, it sounds like you're playing for the Panthers. <laughs> yes, it does. And you have Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, who are both former high draft picks, who are also still kind of like, I think 
Baker especially is kind of fighting for his NFL life. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I also kind of feel you almost get a feeling like he doesn't really care if he makes it. Really? At least I mean, at least I do. Like just watching the interview, is like, yeah. I mean, they started PJ again. Like he didn't seem. I just think he doesn't want to seem bitter. Maybe, but yeah, it almost read to me as like, yeah, whatever. Still get yeah. paid. Yeah, because like I've I've said before, the best job in the NFL is backup quarterback. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the best. The, remember that Daniel Tosh joke where he's like, everybody getting on Brett Favre about retiring, and they're like, hey, we're gonna pay you twelve $12 million dollars a year. He said, he's like, said, yep, twelve million. Yep, get yeah, to yeah. do that. I'm gonna go ahead. Like everybody thinks you should quit. But fuck everybody. You said twelve <laughs> million. Yeah, I'm back here. Like, what is a backup pay? Five million? Uh, yep, yeah, going to do that. going to do that. He's like, oh, maybe when he's fucking 45, he's not good enough to start, but he can be a practice squad. He can be returning punts for $500,000 a year, just like. <laughs> yeah, when he's 72, you just, you know, make every player not ever retire. Dude, he's the. Tosh is so fucking underrated. Yeah, so, uh, very much. It's. But, you know who else I think was underrated? Good segue, Shubes. A lot of the, like, as I, I put this in slideshow, a lot of players really, like, because, like, when Jamar went down. A lot of players stepped up. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. Like, Trent, Trent Taylor's uh, two receptions for fourth. It, it doesn't really tell the story of how he played because he was out there blocking, like, aggressively. He was playing role-playing. real hard. He was role-playing. And that's not – because I feel like the term role-player gets a bad rap, yeah, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, Just because a guy's a role-player, like, sometimes that role is fucking important. And, and, and that's kind of props to him because, like – those are the players you don't always see. They're just like the guy making that critical block or that guy kind of keeping that DB and safety off of you. Or, or like uh, Mitchell Wilcox. Yeah. God damn, did he has he stepped up as a blocker. He's gotten way better, like noticeably better in the past few weeks. A lot of the – I mean, a lot of the players have gotten better at blocking because <coughs> look how fucking Mixon played. Yeah, yeah. The line got a lot meaner. This this game, yeah. so yeah, I, yeah, everybody kind of stepped up. And the Panthers' D line isn't terrible. I mean, Brian Burns is a pretty damn good player. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking all pro. I mean, yep. Um, also, like a kind of a uh, a, uh, a little tough talking point here, but Connor McLeger has had a little bit of the yips recently. Yeah, yeah, but he seems so undaunted, like in the interviews and stuff, that he's like, "Yeah, I'm, you know, having a." Having a shitty shitty stretch for a minute, I'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. Um, uh, a couple of, a couple of things before we get to the burns because I actually have a couple I'm pretty excited about. Um, I actually really wrote like a page of burns in like three hours today. I did too, but uh, they were a little it was like pulling teeth for some of them. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's the first instinct is like, oh yeah, this fuck. I've already said that. Second instinct, ah no, fuck. I've already said that too. Yep. But we uh, we didn't play to our opponent because like we have a, a tendency sometimes to just play to the level of where our opponents at yeah which really just, it's it's annoying almost yeah but uh, the uh, fact that the Bengals just like stepped up Louie just made a statement yeah I think Zach Taylor has some credit there too because like if you look at like how everyone was on the sidelines they're good like fuck yeah coach right like yeah I don't know what fired up fucking Saturday night the Friday night light speech he gave in the fucking locker room or what but everybody seemed like they were very trying very hard to do well and to like make that statement it's like they get how to be a team yeah because like they want to like coach Taylor and like even Burrow who is a 
a third year player, but a consummate pro. Yes. Like he wants to like Zach Taylor, and he clearly does. Yeah, and he wants to like earn the trust that is put in them for being on that field. And they know that last year they got so close to the Super Bowl that like we can't give up now. Yeah, not at all. And I don't think they're going to. I don't either. Um, but this is a real tough stretch yeah. they're about to enter here. It's Oof. like literally Steelers, Titans, and then it gets U-G-L-Y. We better have a fucking alibi. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It uh, uh, DJ Reader being back for the Titans game. That you know, does help a lot. I don't know if you ever saw the stat, but uh, for attempted tackles on Derrick Henry, DJ Reader, I think, is first. No shit. And like uh, percentages for like attempts. Is this including the playoff game? Yeah, well, I mean, just in general, for however many attempts it's taken, someone trying to tackle him, I think DJ Reader is the number one. And well, you also got to keep in mind with DJ Reader that he played in the AFC South against Derrick Henry for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so I think he just knows, you know, he's just seen it enough that he knows what to do there. Because yeah, if you watch that game last year, I mean, Derrick Henry was not really a factor in the playoff game. Yeah, he also wasn't one hundred percent healthy. Right, but I'm just saying, like he. He didn't. It didn't look like he was like missing a step. It just looked like he wasn't getting. He was controlled. Yeah. And we get we get them next week, but this <coughs> week we got the Steelers. So, like I said, if if all, I think what it'll take for the Bengals to make the playoffs, because we were at the beginning of the season, like, what the fuck are you talking about? We're gonna make the playoffs. We came a real mediocre through the easy part of our schedule. Yeah. So we really gotta we gotta hope December Burrow steps up through Which, this. I kind of have a weird confidence that because every team that we play has a weakness that the Bengals are able to exploit. Right, and again, that's the same thing. It's the good side of playing to your opponent's level. Yeah, because when they like, I mean, look what they've done against Kansas City so far. When on paper, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, no, they're, they're way better." Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the other side of that playing to your opponent's level is they really kind of do step up when they're playing a tougher team. Yep. Uh, and other than the Browns game, every game has been – because I, I, like, I looked this up today. The Bengals have, like, the sixth best point differential in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, other than the stanker against the Browns, it's been pretty yeah, close all yeah, year. Yeah, they've been very competitive games. Yeah. Um, but, again, like, the the – the Steelers, I think their offense is very weak, and with DJ Reader coming back, that's massive, especially yeah. after after losing Chidobi for the year. I bet you there's going to be a whole lot of Najee. Yeah, I got a Najee joke coming. Um, with the Titans, their passing offense is... Non-existent. Holy fucking shit, it's non-existent. Yeah. The Chiefs, they're... I don't think their secondary is all that good. No, I don't either. I think, uh, especially having Jamar back for that game, which seems very likely... I, I I said this in Hootay Nation today. I don't think you bring Jamar back for the Titans game. I think if Jamar wants to play, you let Jamar play. I agree with that. But if he's like, if he's if he's below eighty five percent, sit him. I say you play him for thirty percent of the snaps. Okay, I I, <clears throat> I fuck with that. That way he's not cold going into the game against the Chiefs. Yep. Like let him go through his practices. Let him have some snaps yep. in the game. Don't don't risk anything unnecessary. But 
Yeah, I mean, have him be just, like a, a a decoy out there occasionally, throw him a couple passes. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's the way I would. I think I would choose to. That way, he's not just coming in like off of the off the bench with only one week of practice. You know, practice under his belt to get back to you know after missing a couple weeks, like week one uh, for the Steelers. Like none of our players <coughs> got snaps, and we got the shit kicked out of us. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I take that back. We got our shit kicked in. We didn't get the shit kicked out of us. It was a close game. Yeah. But for now, wait, who are we playing this week? <sighs> Fucking Steelers. You ready to take these motherfuckers down? Let's do this. Fun fact, Lloyd. You know how many times I've roasted the Steelers now? A lot. This will be number 10. Number 10 for me. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. I'm just going with the song thing a lot. Can I get a snow? Yeah. Absolutely not. Fuck! Well, let's get started. Let's start with the mascot, Steely McBeam. Uh, he looks more like he's the mascot for the campaign to lower the legal drinking age as well as the age of consent. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime Steely McBeam holds his steel beam, it looks like Kenny Pickett holding a football. <laughs> He's got tiny hands. Oh, Next. Well, fella. Next up on the list, the owner, <laughs> Art Rooney. So every time I roast him, I always want to say he looks like J. Jonah Jameson from Spider-Man. Uh-huh. But this time I realize he looks like K. Kona Kameson from the January 6th. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I kinda, <clears throat> it's kind of related to my joke. Art Rooney II looks like a politician who only knows how to hold a gun because of all the times he's filmed campaign ads. <laughs> I like that. That's very good. Yeah, let's do it. <coughs> and the GM. Oh. Holy dick. You know, it's nice to see Uncle Fester is doing well. <laughs> he also looks uh, he looks like Captain Jean-Luc Dickhard. <laughs> that was one of my Alex jokes. Oh, I, I tell you, I got a Lloyd joke coming later, right? All right. Uh, is that Omar Khan or did I burn my thumb? <laughs> uh, Omar Khan got the last name Khan based on the fact that he tried to con all of Pittsburgh into thinking Kenny Pickett's an NFL caliber quarterback. <laughs> nice. Coaching. Mr. Mike Tomlin. Uh, Mike Tomlin says he really likes the progression of his new quarterback. He just wishes that he felt less safe around him in the bathroom. He misses that rush. <laughs> Mike Tomlin, this is this is a throwaway joke. Mike Tomlin said he hated Le'Veon Bell's rap, saying, I'm too old. Being too old for Le'Veon Bell's rap means you're above the age of 11. <laughs> also, what do your headphones say? Oh, there's a, like an Empire Citizen sticker. Oh, and, nice. Uh, Danny Gamble. Couple oh, nice. On the Bastard Sermon. I just noticed those. Let's, no, let's, go, let's go to those QBs. Quarterback. Kendall Pickett. It's actually Kenneth Shane Pickett. Ugh. So now I suggest from now on we call him Kenny Shane. <laughs> I, want, I want all of you for a minute to just think in your head of what someone named Kenny Shane looks like. Fucking nailed it. You got it perfect. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, Kenny Pickett uh, made a young fan cry while signing an autograph for him. The boy was absolutely touched and stunned when he saw that Kenny Pickett was able to hold a Sharpie. <laughs> you love these little hand jokes, don't I you? I know. Uh, like, like I said. I am the king of hands. 
I am the king of fans because yeah. these are meat paws. Uh, Kenny Pickett made a young fan cry while signing an autograph for him. The last time a Steelers quarterback made someone cry was when Ben Roethlisberger did so twice, once in 2008 in Lake Tahoe, <laughs> and again in 2010 near his lake house in Georgia. Very well done. That sir. was my Lloyd joke of the I, week. I fucking love it. Thank you. <laughs> and the quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, who looks like washed Allen. <laughs> uh, I honestly didn't write anything for him. I, I, I'll wait till next week to roast turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mitch Trubisky's old tweets uh, once revealed that quote. This is actually really funny. I feel like a boss driving my mom's van. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. He looks like he would be like the bad guy on an episode of Glee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, him feeling like a boss driving his mom's van. It makes sense since the Steelers model their offense after a suburban mom driving a Honda Odyssey. <laughs> that was fun. And you can't forget about Mason Rudolph. Oh, I sure can. Oh, uh, Mason Rudolph, or as I call him, White Muhammad Patel. <laughs> I think you meant white her. <laughs> Very true. <clears throat> Uh, considering, oh, okay, this is, this is a reach. I think I have a good joke. I'm not sure. We'll give it a shot. Are we cool? Yeah. Considering Santa's sleigh, the last name Rudolph makes sense because anytime Mason Rudolph leads the offense, it's like he only has eight other people on the field with him. (laughs) He looks like he's just in the NFL as he's burning time, waiting to inherit his dad's pomade fortune. (laughs) It, it, like I said, it, it looks it's like he only has eight other people on the field with him, which is why, Lloyd, they won't let him join in any reindeer games. <laughs> My tradition lives on! Oh, old Christmas. Yeah. Running back. Nachi Harris. All right, this, is, this one's a weird one, but I think you'll get what I mean. He looks like someone's sweet Aunt Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know the one that homes like hymnal songs during the family gathering and hugs you a little bit too long because she never had kids of her own? Come here, baby. Oh, darling. (laughs) Najee Harris. Is he going to be at the top of the Steelers running back chart for much longer? Snell, no. Najee. Yeah, I know. I know Uh, what you're going for. Yeah. I'm just being an asshole. Yeah, of course you're being an asshole. I feel bad that I've taken your Najee formula. No, 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 I like it. it. That's what we do. It's fun. Uh, well, this is my risky joke of the week. Najee Harris has has run into a lot of, of uh, walls this year in the NFL, and considering his homeless past, it's the first time he's ever had to deal with walls. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, for a, for a, a man making multi-million, he still does very much look like someone who lived in a homeless shelter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for now, let's move on to Jalen Warren. <clears throat> All right, this isn't so much of a burn as just an observation. Wouldn't he be perfect to play Booger if they remade Revenge of the Nerds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said Jalen Warren looks like if the Manti Teo documentary got bad reviews. <laughs> Did you get uh, Snell, yeah? Uh, I was going to write a burn for him, then I decided Snell, no. No, absolutely not. I like it. I said Benny Snell looks like Kadarius Brony. 
Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That's Kadarius Tony, yeah. Chiefs wide receiver. We'll get to him in a few weeks. Yeah. Wide receiver. Deontay Johnson. Uh, he was rated by NS- N- ESPN Analytics as the most open receiver. I saw this. What they didn't tell you is they meant most open to invitations to rest stop wrestling. <laughs> uh, Deontay Johnson. Uh, was sued by a youth football camp that he organized for not showing up. <laughs> In an unrelated story, Chase Claypool was sued by a youth football camp that he organized after he actually he did show up. up. Fuck yeah. <clears throat> and this isn't a burn. This is more of a uh, a throwaway joke with George Pickens. Uh, George Pickens has been compared to A.J. Green, which hopefully leads to him punching the shit out of Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> Uh, I said he looks like a goblin that survived a very serious car crash. <laughs> so he looks like Miles Garrett. <laughs> and man, he does have Julia Roberts mouth too. Yep. And Miles Boykin. Uh, he looks like if you tried to make a statue of Jay Farrow and middle school ceramics. <laughs> <laughs> Miles Boykin looks like someone just told Chris Tucker that he had to film Rush Hour 37. <laughs> And finally, tight end. Pat Fryermuth. Oh, you mean Candy Dalton? Uh, <laughs> no, he looks like uh, James Vander Bleek. <laughs> Pat Fryermuth looks like a lacrosse player who has a lacrosse goal stuck in his throat. <laughs> also, I, this is just a, a side. Doesn't he have like henchman face? Like, he looks like he would be a bad guy in a movie, but not the one that matters, just one that the hero kills. Yeah, like the sidekick? Yeah, he just looks like a henchman. He just looks like the guy that's just, like, on the way to the big villain. <clears throat> yeah, he's, just, you know, one of the, the guy, like, in the room before you get to the main boss. Like Agreed. But Lloyd? Alex? I think we got him pretty good. I think we did, too. You want to move on to predictions and bullshit? Let's do this. Predictions and bullshit. So before I um, before I uh, go on to predictions here, I want to bring something up that came up came up to us on the, on the tweets recently. Because mm-hmm. I, I I got a little bit back on our Twitter here, and um, what happened was a guy named Archie Carbone tweeted. Um, and I put this in Who Day Nation. He said, "Hey, Bengals Twitter." Let's roast the Steelers this week. DM me a video of you telling a joke about the Steelers, their players, or organization. I will put them all together in one roast. Let's have fun. And then someone tweeted that at us. And I was like, man, if only there was a podcast (coughs) where this exact concept happened. I say we send him the whole video uh, of this episode. Oh, he has not gotten back to us. I tweeted at him multiple times. (coughs) Right. Just send him the link of that. Yep. Um, and then someone tweeted at uh, TSB Kellogg. He said, if y'all like this, check out Fuck You, We Like the Bengals podcast with Cincinnati comedians roasting whomever the Bengals are playing that week. Fuck yeah. So, Thank you. Whoever sent that. Thank you. Uh, Atomitable at TSB Kellogg. So nice. fuck yeah, dude. And I literally tweeted back at him. I was like, oh, honey, we have so many jokes in the bank. <laughs> nice. I love saying that. It's like, oh, honey. We have so many jokes, and I sent him the Dwayne Askins joke I wrote from last time. Nice. Which was so fun. So, Archie, 
Fucking get at us. This is literally what we do. For real. Like, we've been doing this for a long time, man. Yeah. We've roasted a lot of teams and the Steelers a lot of times. Yeah. We'll help you out, bro. Yeah. We've got so many jokes. I mean, I mean, Bengal Jim is, I mean, I know Bengal Jim. He's great. Probably not the best roast joke writer. No offense to him. Probably not. But Tony the Tiger is too busy painting his face to write jokes. <laughs> cool, cool, dude. Yeah. But, um, I'm not hip to the, the Bengals tailgate royalty. Yeah, that's fine. But come on, get at us. We write jokes. We've Fuck got yeah, plenty of them. Let's do this. For real. But again, I think we got him pretty good. Doesn't he kind of look like, sorry, this, doesn't he kind of look like he made his, his mouth out of a collection of other people's teeth? <laughs> I agree. I just kind of had that up for a little bit. Yeah, I just I was just looking at it again. Yeah. But dude, I'm here for it. Predictions and bullshit. A lot so a lot of people are like this is a must win game for the Bengals. I was this is the way I'm going to word it this week. They better win. Yeah. Because as much shit as I've talked about the Steelers, I still maintain they're not good. Yeah, I agree. Like like when I left the Bengals Steelers game week one. I was like, the, they had a plus five, they had a plus five turnover differential, and still only won by three in overtime. Yeah, and I left. I'm like, I know the Bengals got their shit kicked in, but that's not a good offense. No, not at all. I mean, it was, it literally was us losing a game, not them winning a game. Yep. They're like, <clears throat> Mitch Trubisky beat you. I'm like, no, he just happened to be there. Yeah, he was just there. I mean, you could have put anyone there. Yeah. It's like he had the final drive at the right time, and all of a sudden he gets the credit. Yeah. But, which, for that one moment he does, he sucked ass. Yeah, it was not that was game. not good. Neither team deserved to win that game, but the Bengals deserved it last. <clears throat> yeah. So, I believe the Bengals are a more cohesive unit right now. I believe they're, they're coming off of a bye and a, a huge win before the bye. I think this is an extremely winnable game. I think this is their last chance to really g- step up in the division and get a leg up or get a leg up on the Ravens. Because who did the Ravens play this weekend? I don't remember. Let's look that shit up. All right. Well, while you're looking that up, I'll uh, I'll say my prediction is Bengals fifty three. Okay. Uh, Steelers, one. One? Yeah. Who's your player of the game? Uh, DJ Reader. Oh, I love that. Coming back. Uh, the, so, funny enough, the Ravens or the Ravens play Carolina. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I say DJ Reader's going to come back with a chip on his shoulder, and he is going <laughs> to cock slap a dent into the other side of Mason Rudolph's head. Oh, I like it. So, like, where Miles um, Garrett did not get. Well, yeah, the other side. Yes, perfect. My prediction is going to be Bengals 407, Uh Steelers negative three. I like it. Player of the game. Player of the game is going to be a rebound. It's going to be Evan McPherson. He is going to have 10 field goals. Makes all 10. Yeah. Makes and all one of them. So he does so well; it bounces off and goes backwards through the other goalpost, and that's where the negative three comes from. Yep, exactly. All right, and then he also kicks thirty-two extra <laughs> points. My bold prediction: kicks all extra points with his left foot. Nice. 
Boulder prediction. Drizzle. <laughs> it's going to be drizzle from Joey B's drip. Yep, I agree. Um, real prediction. <clears throat> so the Bengals are lucky that they don't have to face Minka Fitzpatrick this right. week. Yeah. Is TJ Watt going to play this week? I don't know. Well, if TJ Watt doesn't play, that's huge. Because yeah. you're, you're like, Minka is out. TJ might be out. Yeah. If he's healthy, that's going to suck because he's going to go against Lael Collins if he's, and he might make Lael Collins his bitch. Yeah, that's possible. But because TJ Watt, I mean, as much shit as we talk about the Steelers, he's unbelievable. Yeah, he's very good. But I'm going to say <laughs> Bengals. <laughs> All right. <coughs> Bengals 27, Steelers 17. I like it. Um... Burrow is going to throw two touchdowns. Mixon's going to have one. He's going to get one to Tyler Boyd and one to Hayden Hurst. Uh, real predictions, I'll say Bengals 24, Steelers 14. Okay. Uh, I think Tyler Boyd is going to eat. I love to see it. And uh, I mean, it seems like they're always kind of a little soft with the slot receivers. Yep. And uh, I think if Mixon... Comes in with the same energy and chip on his shoulders he had last week, then yeah, it's going to be it's unstoppable. It's going to be the Bengals pulling what the Steelers usually do and just control the clock and time yep. of possession all the way through. Yep, because I think like with the Steelers' offense, like I, again, I genuinely did not like Chase Claypool. I thought he was very inconsistent. I thought he was a diva. Yeah. That he was better than he actually was. So I think. They're also like Miles Boykin is a is their third wide receiver. Yeah, that's not great. No, that's not that's not what you want. Like Deontay Johnson and George Pickens are like on most offenses they'd be like a two. I think Deontay Johnson could be a number one almost anywhere. It's just he hasn't played on a good enough offense to get a good gauge on right. that. I think seeing how well he does on certain things. Like again, I don't like complimenting. Any of the Steelers, but he makes is good. You feel, makes you feel icky. Yeah, but I mean, he is better than he seems. Yeah, <clears throat> like when you see him, ma- you know, making plays, he really makes plays. Like again, hate to say it, but he is pretty good. I think he. No, he on, is good. I think on most teams, he could still be a number one or at least a comparable number. Two. He's at least a comparable. He's uh, he's at least a competent number two. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I think that kind of covers it. Plugs. Plugs. Uh, check out the bastard sermon. As always. Uh, <clears throat> who's coming up? <clears throat> uh, we just had Nick Glavin on yesterday. Okay. Tattoo artist who was going to tattoo me and Lily in December. Nice. What are the uh, tats? Uh, we're getting the bunny from Con Air. Oh. Just a movie we watch and just both of us fucking crack up every time it's the... That rules. Put the bunny back in the box. That rules. So, yeah, uh, just something dumb, but fun. Uh, he's also just a funny guy in general. Love to see it. Um, we just had Zach Wyckoff on. Fun who, friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, I love him dearly. <clears throat> uh, next next week we have uh, Redbeard, who uh, he's a singer of a like real like heavy metal He's been friends with Cody and them for years. Okay. Fun guy. Real. You guys have had John Hayes on, right? Uh, 
<clears throat> not since I've been on there. Dude. But it, he's coming. Yeah. Fuck. And then uh, the week after that, we have Will Webb, who, if you're in Cincinnati, you probably know Will Webb. I don't. Okay. Well, he's a tattoo artist. Oh, uh, okay. All, all kind of, he's done all kinds of shit. He's just one of those guys. Like, he had, like, borderline viral videos through a lot of, like, the uh, protest stuff. Yeah. He's just an interesting, very, very wild character. So, okay. A lot, of, a lot of fun shit. And then, yeah, usually it's, like I said, we're burning our way through almost every comic in the Cincinnati scene one by one. So Yeah. it's uh, It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. It's been fun getting to know people and talk to people. Who have you not had on that's a comic in Cincinnati? Uh, like I said, Hayes. Um, I want to get Tyrone Hawkins on really Oh, that'd bad. be super fun. Uh, have you had Stapp on yet? No, not yet, but... Uh, what about Schultz? Yeah, we had Gretchen on. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Again, it's it's kind of just like a, as we run into people, like we're booked out till like January. No shit. So it's kind of hard to just keep booking. Like we, we get certain people are like, hey, I have a thing at this time. Can I be on in this area? And we... Nice. So we end up like booked ahead for a while that... <clears throat> uh, uh, are you going to talk to Bozeman when he's in town? <clears throat> uh, I'm going to try. Yeah, because he's the funniest. Oh, dude, I, I've, uh, I specifically like was like, hey, I want to be up there Saturday. Yeah. So I'll be there both shows Saturday. Yeah, I was talking to Uncle Sai about that. He said you'd be on. He he said you'd be at the Saturday show. Yeah. Um, I'm actually gonna this Friday. I'm actually hanging out with my buddy Alex, who I've known since like the fifth grade. And feel about this as you may, we're gonna sit down and watch the Weird Al movie. Dude, it was fucking fantastic. Dude, I've heard I've heard nothing but. Dude, I was. I went into it expecting it to be decent. It was fantastic. Fuck yeah, dude. Because I've literally seen Weird Al three times because... <sighs> You're so fucking white. Yeah, let's go! No, but I think everybody loves Weird Al. He's like... He's just fun. Like, he did a Tiny Desk concert. Yeah. That was so good. Yeah, he did a... Uh, like a whole couple hour thing with NPR where you just sit and like talk with people and then just randomly do songs in between <laughs> that supposedly was like one of their highest rated things they, they put on. It's so good, but I'm excited to see it. And Daniel Radcliffe, I'm glad that he's getting recognized for more than Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love when someone gets to have that level of fame and comfort like, you know, he's got all the money he's ever going to need. So now he just gets to do projects he enjoys. Yes. Like, have you ever watched a movie Horns? No. Watch it. Or Swiss Army Man. A lot of the stuff he's done since Harry Potter has been... He was on Broadway for a bit, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He did the horse thing, Equius or something, whatever. Um, uh, an example of that is Gautier. Yeah. So, you know, you know Gautier, right? Somebody that he used to yeah. know? Yeah. So he, um, he had that song. One of the biggest songs of the 2010s. <clears throat> And then he just went to, back to Australia, is banking off of that song, and is just doing what he wants with his band. Yeah, that's It's fantastic. fucking awesome. Yeah, I love stuff like that. And last thing I'll say, I think I've talked to you about Edwin McCain, the guy that sang All Be. Like, I'll be your crying shoulder. Yeah, 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 okay. So he was asked during an interview, he's like, someone was like, are you, just, are you mad that you're a one-hit wonder? And he's like, no. Because like that song has paid my bills. 
That's like that's like having a winning lottery ticket, hang it up in your wall, hang up on your wall in your house, and looking at it every day and going, "Stupid lottery ticket." Yeah, I, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, one hit wonder, whatever. Yeah, you know how like, many people tried to have any hits? Yeah, and failed. Yeah, a ridiculous amount. But all that, all that said, Lloyd, I'm excited for this week. But it's going to be a fun, exciting week. And it's going to be a fun weekend. Hopefully a good revenge game. Absolutely. But all that being said, Lloyd. Alex. I think we only have one thing left to say. Fuck, Fuck you, Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. We, we like, like the Bengals. Bengals. Wow, man. Fuck you. We, we like, like the, the Bengals. Bengals.